Hi, this is Jeremy Brown with Kext Interactive. Today, episode two of FileMaker Origin Stories. There are thousands of FileMaker developers using the Claris FileMaker platform every day. This means there are thousands of origin stories. Many origin stories have similar paths, but some are quite unique. And those first steps into the platform, just like infants learning to walk, are exciting and ingrained in the memories of those affected. In this episode, we feature three FileMaker developers whose stories are quite different. You'll hear my separate conversations with... My name is Sarah Stickfort, and I live in Iowa, but I work for Skeleton Key, which is based in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Barb Levine. I work at Microserve, which is my FileMaker development company here in New Haven, Connecticut. Hey, Jeremy. I'm Dave Graham with Geist Interactive. Sarah, Barb, and Dave share their unique FileMaker origin stories. As you listen today, think of how your own story is similar to or different from theirs. I begin our interview asking each one of them how they got into FileMaker. I leave it pretty general, just to see what they say on their own. Let's first hear about where they were just before they discovered the platform. First, Sarah. I actually started doing data entry for our family business, Stickford Electric, by doing material and timesheet oh, data entry when I was in early junior high. It was probably version number six at the time. So you started as a data entry person. You were you were in junior high or high school at that time. You said right. Um, did you did you then go to school to to did you did you plan your career to be a filemaker developer or did you have other thoughts in your head about what to do? No, I never intended to be a filemaker developer full time. Uh, I went to school for accounting. I worked for Rockwell Collins as an internal auditor for a couple of years. And I mm-hmm. loved that. But then life circumstances led me away from that, even though I really enjoyed it. And I came back to work at Stick for Electric. Next, Barb. I got into FileMaker in the 1980s. I was a, quote, computer consultant. I taught people how to use spreadsheets and word processing programs. And I also wrote Lotus 123 macros. And I started using various database programs to help solve problems that spreadsheets weren't suited for. And among them, I remember three, Q&A, which ran on Windows, Record Holder, which ran on Mac, and FileMaker, which when I started with it, was Mac only. Next, Dave. Um, Back in 1995, I had a window covering business with my brother-in-law. We bought window coverings in 16-foot lengths, and we cut and assembled and and produced custom blinds to fit people's exact window dimensions. When we had to cut and assemble like a vertical blind, for instance, we had a book of every different one-eighth of an inch increment in window dimensions that we would look at to see how many components went into the headrail and how long to cut the vertical blind lengths. Sarah, Barb, and Dave were doing something else before they found FileMaker. Their answers were quite diverse. Luckily, they found FileMaker. Let's hear how that happened. Let's hear how they solved the problem of not having FileMaker. 
your your, your business uh, used your family's business used FileMaker six for uh, keeping track of stuff. Can you describe that a little bit for us? Well, they had gone through several attempts to find a solution that fit how they wanted to run the business, like Foxbase and all different C++ and could never find anything, did not like uh, Access or QuickBooks because it put them in a box. And then a local contact said, why don't you try FileMaker? And it was the perfect fit. So they custom built a solution that they began running the business on and they still use it for everything. I had clients on both platforms and I can remember for a while, you know, if I had a Mac client, I would put them on record holder. If I had a PC oh, okay. client, I would put them on Q&A. I had various clients and I had different projects on different databases. I think it was in the early 90s when FileMaker went to Windows which I think was in 92. And so I could have one environment that I worked in and then we got a server version. It seemed like a better, more robust environment, certainly than record holder or Q&A, which were the other two I were using, <laughs> was using at that time. Okay. So I was programming in assembler on an Apple II when I was like, 12 years old. I was wow. such a computer geek. Wow. Um, so I knew that in my business, I didn't want to flip pages in a book to find the right window dimension. And then if we had some really oddball order that was like out of bounds for what was already in a printed manual, um, that we had to just guess and like do hand calculations and stuff like that. I knew that wasn't going to work for me. <laughs> I had to have something that was automated. So I was asking my brother what he thought, because he worked at Apple at the time, a vertical. And he said, you should look into FileMaker. It's pretty cool. Sarah adds further details about how FileMaker got started at her family's company. It's sort of funny because I lived in Mexico when version 7 was released. And I was working on a program for my father. And he insisted that I needed to do it in 6 versus uh -huh. seven because of the structure change. And he he was didn't want me to move on to seven. And he still jokes around that he's stuck in FileMaker 6 <laughs> <laughs> and how you program in that version. Once they got into FileMaker, their focus and energy turned to building and refining apps for themselves or for their clients. There were several uh, young college students that were hired to develop the original system. Uh -huh. And then I rewrote it after I left Rockwell Collins and then I worked myself out of a job and <laughs> now I'm doing additional work as it's needed. I actually did other projects on the side. Like I did one for a llama association and one for missionaries that needed a reporting solution for uh -huh. meeting government regulations. Yeah. So I did all those on the side and even before coming back to stick for electric. So it's a robust tool that can meet a variety of needs. Yeah. I uh, made a conscious choice to peel off other parts of my consulting business. Yep. Focus just on FileMaker. And so I, I ended up writing an application where 
the uh, salesperson can go measure all of the windows and input all of the window dimensions and the type of uh, vertical blind that was purchased, and it would produce a production label and work orders for the shop so they knew exactly what length to cut things and, and how many components go into the headrail and how to assemble everything, essentially. Um, and that later expanded to delivery and service and all kinds of things. And FileMaker was useful to them right from the beginning. It solved the problems of their businesses, their clients' business. What was it tracking for you? Invoices, customers, you know, what was it tracking? They really use it for everything within the business, but their biggest problem with other solutions was inability to keep track of job costing. So they're able to keep much better track of materials purchased and sold and the labor cost and permit fees and everything related to a job to determine its profitability. Do they, they come to you because you are a FileMaker consultant or were you able to bring FileMaker to some of these um, clients and say, this is the best platform for you? Um, some of each. Okay. I've been a member for decades of what used to be the... Claire Solutions Alliance and then became the FileMaker Solutions Alliance. I was an early part and then became the FileMaker Business Alliance and <laughs> Claire's Partners. Yeah. And I was a platinum member for a couple of decades. So there's always been a certain amount of my business that has come to me because they've found me through the business alliance. Got it. Okay. But there's also been clients who've come to me because they're looking for a solution to a problem. And I might say, I think you should do FileMaker. Okay. If Claris used the tagline workplace innovation platform, even back then, you would be able to agree with that, right? Absolutely. I I think it was even more prevalent in 1995 because there were fewer choices. I mean, we didn't have any web services and um, the vertical solutions were often really, really bad and or really expensive. Okay. I don't know what businesses needed back in 1995. I was still in college, but um, it, uh, I assume they needed less than what we need now, what businesses need now. Is that a, what do you think about you that? Know, I, I don't know. I think they needed it the same amount. I just don't think a lot of businesses realized how badly they needed it. Okay. As Sarah and Barb and Dave began their career, they had to learn FileMaker. I asked them, how did they reach out? How did they learn this platform? Well, when I was in junior high and high school, they had me define a few fields. So I had a little taste for it. And then when I came back again, I was basically self-taught. I bought the FileMaker uh, training or the FileMaker Essentials book and Uh studied that and took the certification exam. But that doesn't always mean you know the proper way to program. So I continued working with it. And I finally took a the training class with John Mark Osborne and Stephen Blackwell. Yeah. And nice. that, that really helped me learn 
how to program and how to think since I did not have the computer science background. But the accounting background helped me understand data flow. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So because of the, your um, accounting background and understanding data flow, did that help you in your development in the in the in the app? Yes, it does. Yeah, because it helps you know where the numbers need to be for reporting and for tracking. Uh, that's that's interesting. So, so your accounting background helped you define the data structure better. You 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 could work your way through the data model pretty easily um, because because of that background and. It, is that is that fair to say? Yes, it is, yeah. and I still think that I really uh, understood data modeling once I took John Mark Osborne's class. Nice. I learned new programs for a living. That's part of what you did as a quote computer consultant in the early days. And so I read the manual and I experimented and I remember reading someplace about a book that Rich Columbre had written, the first FileMaker 2 book that I found. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, there's other people doing this as a developer. The book is still on my bookshelf. Okay, so you learned FileMaker from that book. Were you ever part of any of the um, email lists or the... Yes, there was a funky forum on AOL or that maybe Claire sponsored. Um, I certainly started joining FileMaker, everything that I could find. Um, Rich taught classes in Boston and I went up to Boston, which is two and a half hours away from here for some classes, sometimes surprised to discover that I already knew it. Sometimes finding, Oh, I can learn stuff from this guy. Oh, I, I was like so hungry for information back then. Um, there weren't, I don't think there were, were really any uh, like classroom instruction um, available. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was in the forums uh, so, like morning to night. I would try to learn from other people's questions and the responses to those questions. I would try to answer the questions to see if I could. I, I suppose trying to be a teacher makes you a really, really good student. Okay. But beyond, beyond the forums, and I participated in a number of forums, um, I read every tip and trick. I bought every book, um, <laughs> scriptology. Um, what was the, what, what are the websites? Um, uh, click world. No, I think it was click world or clickware. Bob Cusick site. I think it was click world. Uh, there was just a bunch of them. My memory's a little bit foggy so far back, but I read every single thing. Dave not only learned FileMaker, but he gained other skills. That never ended up happening, but the skills that I got from from actually solving my business mm-hmm. problems were invaluable. And uh, it, both in terms of just like learning FileMaker and 
understanding the technical aspects of FileMaker, but also I think most importantly, understanding business processes and how to efficiently use a tool like FileMaker to solve business problems. That's that's the um, I think the those types of skills are what are really valuable for companies like ours. Working on their first apps and learning FileMaker started their career in the platform. No matter what they were doing before, FileMaker became that which they chose to spend their time on. You went to DevCon for the first time a couple of years ago, right? Correct. And that was, you won the scholarship, right? Is that right? I did in 2017. That was an honor. Yeah, that was really awesome. And and then you spoke in 2018 and 19 or one of in those 18. two years? Yep. In 18. Okay. Yep. You said you really love the the accounting work and stuff, but this is your career for the time being, right? Excuse me, you're um, not looking back, I guess. You're you're looking forward in the FileMaker career. Correct. This is yeah. where the Lord has me right now. Nice. That's right. I've never been an in-house developer, but I've nice. worked for, I wouldn't say large companies, most of the companies I've worked with have been in the five to 50 employees, sort of the classic FileMaker sweet spot. And I started as a trainer, oh. teaching people on a variety of different tools, and then realized that solution design was both interesting and a better path to self-employment. You had bigger projects than if you were just showing up on site to teach the next version of Excel. I mean, I taught classroom style for many years through a couple of different companies, but I chose solution development, application development, as we call it now, over training as well. You were at that business and then you... What, what transitioned you into full-time professional development? So there was a moment where I realized that I liked really the only part of the window covering business that I actually enjoyed was creating the software to run it. <laughs> and, and so I was, I was talking to my brother-in-law and I said, you know, I need to make a transition. I need to make a career change. And so he bought me out of the business and um, this was in 97 and I wanted to make a change into IT, but I just, I, I was unsure about how do you transition from having some FileMaker skill to actually making a career based on it. You know, in, in recent talks with Todd, he says that everyone should just, everyone that wants to start out should go work for a platinum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I totally agree. Uh, the the level of experience that you get right off the bat is uh, it's really impossible to get on your own. But I actually did try and kind of do it on my own. So I spent a couple of years working for a computer training center because I felt like that would be a good transition into an IT career. And uh, and you know it was okay. It it um, I probably could have done it sooner. Back in '99, I took a job as director of IT at a nonprofit. Uh, partnerships with industry. And I was responsible for the network and the website and the FileMaker system that had started life as a, as a hyper card app. So mm -hmm. 
predated FileMaker. And that's really where I got most of my experience working with FileMaker systems at scale. Multiple offices. Uh, back then, we didn't really have good options for remote control. So we had multiple servers in each office, and I was driving around and doing database updates mm -hmm. with my external drive in hand, my <laughs> gig drive. I was so high tech. I had a gig drive with a SCSI interface that at the time I think cost about a thousand dollars. It's kind of <laughs> laughable now. Sarah, Barb, and Dave came to this platform their own way. Their career has been and is currently FileMaker. And since FileMaker evolves, so too do they. I asked them what they're working on just to check in and see if they're still learning. What is something that you're working on that's challenging and fun and exciting and, you know, keeps you interested and keeps you, you know, uh, yeah, just keeps you interested? Well, there's never a lack of learning when it comes yeah. to FileMaker. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm working on a solution for a client that I, they had contacted me when I had my own business, okay. but it was a little too big of a project for me to try on my own. And I thought I was going to have to forego it, but, uh, they came to skeleton key and I'm working on it now and okay. I'm enjoying learning how to use integrating Dayback and ledger link. Okay. Yeah. Is what are you working on now? That's interesting that, you know, that's challenging you. That's, that's, you know, um, engaging the, the, uh, creative muscles. I am working on a project for the Yale school of architecture that has nothing to do with architecture, but all about teaching. They used to use some incredibly gnarly Excel spreadsheets to figure out how many students they were having, how many classes they needed, how many faculty to teach those classes and what it was gonna cost them to hire those faculty to teach the classes for their students uh -huh. using flat tools to manage multi-dimensional data. And, um, we've developed a tool that is starting to do that for them. Okay. Another question. What is your, what are you learning now? What are you working on um, now that's piquing your interest and keeping you engaged? Well, I'm, I'm hesitantly, I'm just uh, like in fits and starts, I'm starting to get into the JavaScript world and, and I really need to embrace it more fully and um, spend more time making it part of my regular development workflow. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we've really been hard at work over the past two or three years on our approach to development in FileMaker, this API first mentality, um, fully embracing JSON and, and transactions at the heart of almost everything that we do. And, um, and really, investing ourselves in and how to build scalable uh, accessible maintainable code okay and carbon's part of that but that's that's um that's kind of the open source initiative that is more of a showcase than anything else of some of the stuff that i was just saying sarah barb and dave are filemaker developers and they came to the platform in quite different ways their journey was prompted by seemingly little things as Dave says, I think the one thing for me that's really interesting 
is like how I started this whole yeah. journey. I hate saying that. It feels like I'm on an episode of The Bachelor <laughs> or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's that one choice that I made back in 1995 yeah. that led me to where I'm at right now. And I think that's so cool for everybody, right? Sarah started her career as an accountant, but after rejoining her family's company, she picked up FileMaker again, this time as a developer, and eventually joined a consultant shop. Barb started her consultant career using three database programs, but narrowed it down to FileMaker because of its features and scalability. Dave needed automation in his business. Looking up part dimensions in a book was not going to cut it, so he found a way to automate through FileMaker which came from a recommendation. Their stories show just some of the diverse ways people chose the Claris FileMaker platform. I want to thank Sarah, Barb, and Dave for their time. They had great stories, and I was glad to hear them. There's still room for more origin stories, and I would like to hear yours. So reach out at info at geistinteractive.com and offer to share your Claris FileMaker origin story. Please let us know what you think of this series. We appreciate your comments and your feedback. Stay tuned next week for more FileMaker origin stories.